Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. I'm so happy to have Courtney Fanning here today. She's a brand strategist and copywriter and the founder of Big Picture Branding. So Courtney, thank you so much for coming on today, first of all. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today because as we just kind of talked a little bit before we started recording, I'm right now, and this will be totally old news by the time this episode airs, but in recording this, I am right now working on totally rebranding everything and doing a lot with like messaging and audience and branding. And I know that's all your total sweet spot. So I cannot wait to talk about this more with you and hear what you have to say about all these things that I'm personally struggling with right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, you're definitely not alone. I thought it was gonna be so fun. I'm like, Oh, this is the fun stuff, right? Like it's, I don't know. Branding feels, it seems like it's going to be fun, but then, you know, when it comes down to it, it's like actually more overwhelming. Like I can't make these decisions. There's a lot here. And and I've had my business for a long time too. So I wasn't expecting it to be tricky at all. But when you start to, you know, introduce other things and other pieces to the brand and other things that you're offering, it all gets so complicated, but I want to get into all of that. Um, but I don't want to get into that so soon that we don't have a chance to hear a little bit about like just your background. So do you want to start by telling us like how do you, how do you start the business? What kind of led you up to starting big picture branding and what your experience has been like running the company since then, like what you actually do? Yeah, sure. So my background is in marketing, but I also have a background. I started out in publicity um, and then I went into digital marketing and I worked for a variety of different different industries. But I ended up starting Big Picture Branding because I wanted to create a branding studio that provided brand strategy and copywriting for purpose-driven creative entrepreneurs. And there, you know, that can kind of seem very buzzwordy. Um, But when I say purpose-driven, I just mean that it's more about, you know, it's about more than just the bottom line, that there's a passion or a reason for doing what you do. There's a reason that you're serving the people that you serve. And then you have a vision for where you want to go. And the way this came about is that I was working a couple of years ago for a pretty reputable tech company, and I was leading their company read brand and struggling, really struggling to get everybody on the same page. And I started thinking back through my years of experience um, building marketing and brand campaigns for you know publishing houses, higher ed, nonprofit. Like I couldn't figure out why this rebrand in particular was such a slog. Until one day, my uh, brilliant project manager on our team turned to me after a kind of a soul crushing meeting where, you know, one of those where you feel like everyone leaves the room, like not feeling satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone had left the room except for us. And she just turned to me and was like, man, we just don't stand for anything. And that's when the light bulb went off because I realized we were a really reputable company. We had incredibly talented designers and engineers doing the work and like we were top dogs but we just didn't have this vision and that's when i realized that the vision and that big picture thinking is what is what's like pivotal to building a brand so that was the seed that really stuck with me and it inspired me to create my own branding and copywriting company that works with entrepreneurs who are driven to succeed because they have a vision and a purpose 
And, um, and it just makes everything easier because that purpose is going to inform your messaging, your visual identity, your decision-making, your business practices, your, your customer service. So if you're really struggling to gain traction with your employees or your audience, it's probably because you're not being clear with your vision and your purpose. Yeah. And so kind of to, to round it back out to what you were talking about, how you feel like you're going through this brand strategy process and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so much harder than I realized. It's because we internalize so much of this information, but it's really hard for us to communicate. Like, what do we stand for? How does this all relate to each other? How does, how do my skills then match what my audience actually wants or my clients actually want and need to hear from me? Like, I know all the answers, but when someone makes you sit down and actually work through those answers and put them into words, you're like, oh my God, this is so hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I want to jump right into like, what you, how do you help people get started with that? Like, what do you say is like the one thing that you should start thinking about or like the way, I mean, maybe you have something way more in depth than like a one easy way to get started. You probably have like information and materials you send people, but like, what do you encourage people to start thinking about when it comes to figuring out their, um, well, I don't know, their whole branding or, or specifically like their messaging or even their audience. I know that's something we talked about too. Like where's one place that you have them start? So I really like to give people the opportunity to just do a brain dump, but I keep it very organized so that it feels like there, there is a picture starting to form. So anytime that I'm working with a client, we always start with a um, brand strategy questionnaire. And this goes through everything from what's your purpose, your vision, your audience. Um, but it's not just your simple questions of like, what is your vision or what, what do you do? It's like, what do you really do? Like, are you actually selling something like the actual product? You know, I'm selling handbags. Are you really selling handbags or are you actually selling a feeling of luxury or a feeling of like mm. acceptance into a certain realm of society? Are you, you know, are you, if you're a nonprofit, like, are you really helping this one community or are you doing other things as well? That's like creating a much bigger impact. So we get into those layers a little bit because I think that something as we work through it, that people realize is it's, you can't just speak to the surface issue, like the surface problems, you have to really get into the details. And that's the stuff that starts to resonate with people. Because I mean, same, same with, you know, my business, there are a million brand strategists and copywriters out there. Like mm -hmm. you can go and Google any problem you have, you can Google someone, there's going to be a bunch of people for you. But it's the person who really speaks to you that is going to win your business. Really? So I have people do this brain dump so we can start picking out those really valuable pieces of gold. That's like, Ooh, this is a really good talking point, or this is something that we need to make sure goes on the about page or your, your homepage. And we just start highlighting stuff and talking through it. And I think that helps a lot because it just gets all of those ideas that have just been in your head onto paper. And then, you know, I'm the one that can help you sort of finesse it to make it sound good. You don't have to worry about like, putting it in certain language or certain voice that comes much, much later. Oh yeah. So that's why it's great that you're, you mean, cause you're a brand strategist and copywriter. So you can actually do the copywriting piece of it too, out of, after they've kind of thought about what it is generally that they want to be saying. Yeah. Because I think a lot of it too, is that people will stop at brand strategy and then they'll just kind of move on or they'll never kind of refer to like, Oh cool. I have this strategy doc or, for a lot of larger companies, it's like, oh, we have this like brand style guide. 
and that includes language and use cases and stuff, but no one actually refers to it. And it's mm-hmm. because no one has been taught how to use it, how that translates to the copy or client communications, or even things like you know, press releases. Like you use the stuff that we create in your brand strategy deck for these different reasons. Like all of this stuff translates into really good messaging. So something else that we, I really like to do with people is after we've done the, the brain dump session, we sit and we build um, audience persona profiles. So, and it's more than just like demographics, like what's their, you know, oh, it's a female, she's 35 and she's got kids and her income is this and she likes to read this book. Like that stuff mm-hmm. actually isn't really helpful for brand strategy. That's really good for ad targeting. But when you want to get really deep, the stuff that's important is what is their motivation for coming to you? So I work, uh, I've been working with an interior designer and the motivation, there's like five different ones. It's some people are renovating a space. Some people are empty nesters for the first time. Some people just bought a house. So that's kind of their motivation. And then we move into what's their primary villain or their source of conflict. Ooh. And then we talk through their problem sets and we go deeper than I think where most people go. So we talk about their external problem. And that's kind of the surface level problem that everyone has. It's like, oh, I can identify that. That's really easy. But then we also talk about what's the internal and the philosophical problems they have. So what are they feeling? And then what do they believe about the world? Because when you start to talk and address, talk about and address those problems, that's where people feel like, oh my God, she totally gets me. Or, oh, this person just gets it. It's because they're going, you know, under the surface a couple layers deeper. But most sales copy doesn't really address that stuff. So Ooh, I think that's yeah. really, really helpful for people. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I know exactly what you mean when you kind of like see an ad or like some kind of copy and you're like, oh my gosh, like that actually really resonates with me. And you don't even necessarily kind of know why, but that makes a lot of sense. And probably most, I mean, I bet a lot of people really kind of stay more on the surface. And that's why you see a lot of things that are very similar and not really going to stand out in your mind or stick with you. And then when you see something where they really did get that deep and use those things, that's when you're like, Oh yeah, I want to like buy this thing or like follow her, you know, look, look into what else, what she's talking about because it looks really interesting to me. And that's like, why? Yeah. And then when put into action too, you're not only going to conquer your communications, but you'll also start serving your audience in bigger and better ways because you'll finally understand where their needs perfectly match up with your skills. And so I know a lot of people talk about, oh, we do this so that you can get the right clients or the right customers. But a lot of times people don't really know who the right one is, even if they said, oh, my ideal customer is this. It's usually, they're usually wrong. (laughs) People Mm -hmm. don't realize this until they start doing this work. Um, And then I find that there are a lot of entrepreneurs who if they come to do a brand refresh, so they've already got an established business, but they want to kind of go back to the basics and they know that something's not really working or it doesn't feel right. And what is it? It's usually that they are kind of saying yes to anybody who walks in the door and justifying it like, oh, but they kind of meet my ideal. No, they don't. So let's change the copy and the messaging on your site to actually resonate with those people. So those people walk in the door and you don't feel like you have to say yes to people who aren't quite right because you know it's okay if I say no to this person I know that like my copy messaging is working for me and hopefully you've also got a really good sort of you know lead generator of some sort or a freebie that's getting more people you know into your inbox that you won't feel like 
if you don't say yes, then you're stuck. You're not going to have another client for three months. So we kind of work through a little bit of that because, you know, I think it's more than just brand strategy and it's more than just copywriting. It's also a little little bit of business coaching that goes into these things, which Mm -hmm. I totally understand as a solopreneur myself, how you you're in your head all day. And sometimes you feel like no matter what you do, you're, you have to say yes, because you, you know, your feast and famine is like the constant cycle for the solopreneur. So we kind of talk through that stuff a little bit as well. Yeah, totally. But I think, and I, I see that too, like people are like, well, I have to work with this person because like, I'm not in a position to turn anybody down or something. But then I do see people that I feel like go kind of the other direction where I, what you just said kind of makes sense. Like people don't always know who their ideal customer is either at first or like when they're first thinking about it. But cause I, I definitely see people who get like so specific and I'm like, like kind of like what you said, like those and what, what you just, what you said actually, I think is something I haven't really heard a lot of people say, but also makes a ton of sense. Like getting really specific in those demographics, like she's 31 and has like two kids and makes this much money and reads this book. Like that makes so much sense for their advertising targeting. Cause I mean, you can literally like target people who read this book or are this age with this many kids or whatever. But when it comes to like working with a client, like those things might not matter that much. And I, sometimes I feel like people get really specific about that stuff. And I'm like, do they really have to fall into all of those categories though, for them to be like a client that's going to work with work well for you. So is there any kind of like fine line, I guess, of like getting too specific or staying too broad or like just saying yes to everybody? Like, where do you kind of feel like is the sweet spot for having a good sense of who you're you know, who your audience should be and what that, you know, really great client would be, but also not getting so specific that you are almost like alienating too many people or, or conversely, like, how do you keep people from being too scared to kind of narrow it down a little bit and be like, well, I don't want to, you know, cut myself off from all these potential clients because I'm saying, you know, only this type of person is good for me. That's, that seems so tricky. Yeah, it really is. And I've been on both ends of that. I think this is a little bit where, you know, I am not a certified business coach, but like I, this stuff is my jam. I love it. I think it all goes back to sitting with yourself and figuring out how do you want to build your business? You know, at the end of the day, I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs who are like, well, I have to get X amount of clients each quarter in order to meet this revenue goal, which is great. And everyone needs to kind of have those financials and have those goals set. But as a result, they start chasing the, that number rather than chasing how they want to feel and how they want to build their business. And like feelings don't pay the bills. I totally get that. But at the same time, you are you going to then quit your business in three years because you just can't take it anymore? Or are you going to build maybe a little bit more slowly if you can do that? Because you're making sure that what you're putting out there is bringing in the people that you actually like working with and the type of work you like doing. So I've seen a lot of people say, there are 10 different personas that I want to be able to, to appeal to. And it's like, okay, we can definitely make sure that there are paths for each of those personas to find their way to you. But you have to be able to like narrow it down to one or two max, like max. You just have to do it and start Mm -hmm. there. And then you can start maybe adding people or adding personas. Um, So a really good example of this is my interior design client. And so, like I said, people come to her because they're motivated by a lot of different, different issues. And so we just make sure that 
she's got her primary people, which would be, you know, the, the, the busy, the busy woman. And we build out a whole, whole profile for her. And then the, um, the new sort of, they just bought their forever home, those couples. And we focus on writing copy for them. And then we go back to the site and we say, okay, now if there's someone who's looking for renovation help, there's someone who's an empty nester or someone who wants to do a kid's bedroom and they want their kid to be involved in the process. How can we put in little Easter eggs for them? That's like, if you're looking for this, you know, you go into this funnel or, you know, maybe it's a bullet point that kind of addresses that concern without actually saying like, this whole page is for you person. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a little bit, um, it's a little bit of a puzzle. It's a little bit tricky. This is where a really good copywriter needs to have branding experience, like brand strategy experience, because if you're just writing for like, if you're just putting a worksheet together and being like, okay, here are my three personas, two personas, here are the five things I need to say to appeal to all of them, slap it on a page. Like that's not, it's not going to really speak to anyone because you're speaking to too many people for, to be really effective. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense because you really do want somebody to come to the page and be like, she gets me, like, as you already said before. And if it's, if you're speaking to like an empty nester and the person who just got their first home, it's like, they're probably not going to both feel that way about the same thing, the same, you know, couple of sentences because they're in totally different places. So that makes a lot of sense. So what do you, um, like, what do you think are the most important things to be keeping in mind? Are there any kind of like general categories or like demographics or whatever they would be like in terms of trying to think if somebody hasn't really thought about what their audience is or who, or if they're trying to kind of like rebrand or start a new company or whatever, or, or just they've never done it before, like to think about, okay, here's what, here's who my audience is. Yeah. So I think I would back up for a second and first start with what's your purpose? Because leveraging your purpose can drive your growth and it can build your culture. And when culture, that also means like the way that you come across to others, your perception. I talk about the five brand pillars a lot, which is, you know, what is your purpose? What is your personality? Um, What's your perception? What's your position? And then how do you promote yourself? And I go into these in detail if anyone's ever interested on my website, but those kind of help you figure out who you are and what your business stands for. And then with that in mind, you can then start to outline who are these personas, who is this audience, and what are their problems. And you can kind of work through some of that. I actually have a workbook or like a guide on my website that is all about building your audience. It's a like an audience and brand messaging builder um, that comes with like a guide and templates and stuff like that to do that work. Because this is normally what I would sit down with clients and we would actually spend a day going through together. But this is something that if you don't actually work with me one-on-one, it's still available. You know, if you're still in that DIY phase, uh, which I totally get, that's what I have people do is I have them sit down and we just work through these exercises. Awesome. Um, Well, I'll include a link to that in the show so people can find that. Awesome. Um, The next thing I generally like to have people do then is to start defining what their brand voice is because you can do all of this work and be like, okay, this is my purpose. This is who I stand for. These are my people. But then you have to figure out how you're actually going to communicate with them. So figuring out what is your true to you voice that makes you stand out, but also is, you know, a voice that you can own. You don't have to feel like you're putting it on. It's kind of natural to you. Um, and figuring out what those isms are. So like I call them you know, like my Courtney isms. 
um, the little things that I like to say or the little things like, you know, woohoo or like, yay, or like, hey, girl, you know, those things Mm -hmm. like that that you can weave into your copy if it's appropriate for your audience, depending on how sort of corporate or conservative or playful you might be. Those things are really helpful for figuring out how you're going to communicate with your audience. And then we figure out what's your messaging strategy. So you figure out what are your the main points you need to make sure you get across. And then where are you going to do that? Is it going to be social? Is it going to be through like PR or publicity? Is it going to be through events back in the day when we used to have events? Hopefully when this <laughs> airs, we can have in-person <laughs> events. <laughs> So it's really kind of walking through that process, I think is really important for people because it's not enough to just say, here's my audience. Like, okay, now I have a website and I put some copy on it and it's all just going to work out. It's like, you got to do that foundational work of what's my purpose? What are my pillars? Then what's my voice? And then how am I talking to these people that it kind of makes it all come together and it feels cohesive. There's a lot more to brand strategy and copywriting than I think people realize. And that's why I think that when you do start working with a brand strategist, you're like, whoa, what? I have to know this stuff? Like, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot more. And I I, I love and agree with what you said about how it's almost like you have to be like a a certain piece of it is being like a business coach too, because so much of this ties into just like how you're going to be running your business and what you're going to be really working on, because depending on who you're talking to and how you're targeting people, that's like, it's essentially going to be affecting what type of work you're doing and who your clients are and what projects they're working on. So it's so, it's just so all related. And I feel the same way about, you know, I mean, I don't know if listeners know this, but I have a PR company. That's what I do. So it's kind of in the same realms in many ways, just in terms of like, we have to make sure, you know, how your voice and your messaging is coming across in, you know, more in the media side of things. And oh, yeah. so we can go through that. a whole like other, whole other episode on like, where's that fine line between PR, publicity, marketing. It's like, it's just, it's all in one big realm. (laughs) Yeah. And then, yeah, we run into the same types of things where like the things you put out here, it really affects the things that you're going to be doing and the things that people are going to think you stand for. And that's really important. So yeah, you gotta, we end up doing a lot of that stuff too, (laughs) like business coaching almost. Um, yeah, and I listened to, I actually listened to your, um, your episode on building a personal brand. And I thought it was brilliant because I think that like those same principles really do apply to your business. I think mm-hmm. the only thing that changes is that, you know, instead of just figuring out who you are, what you stand for and what you want to be known for and all of that good stuff, you kind of then have to flip it on its head and say, okay, what do my people want? What do they want to hear? So you, you know, and where does that, where's that happy medium? Because you don't want to just tell them what they want to hear because you have to deliver on that promise and that's, Mm -hmm. you have to walk the talk, but being able to figure out, okay, I want to put this out. I think my ideal audience who wants that, they want to be able to hear this. And that's like finding that match between what I'm going to be able to offer you and then how I need to say it so that you understand that I'm going to solve your problems. I'm going to help you make money, book clients, sell more products, get more, you know, subscribers, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to really want to actually be doing those things and like actually stand for it. And that's why I love what you said about starting, starting with like that, that passion and that purpose. Yeah. Starting with that purpose, because I, I mean, when I see, and I, I mean, I try not to be negative, but I see people all the time, like online and stuff. And they're like, I really want to work from home. or I really want to work for myself. Like what, should I start? What should my business be? And I'm like, 
oh my, if your reason for starting a business is just because you want to start a business, like I just don't see how you're going to be successful. There's so much that goes into it. And if you're just starting a business on a whim because you want to start a business, like I don't think it's going to last that long. Like I think you really have to, first of all, I mean, I think you have to have a skill. I think you already have to have (laughs) a thing that you already do. And you have to have a lot of experience in doing something before you go out and actually like start your own business, doing it on your own. But that's kind of a, maybe another episode. (laughs) <laughs> but, totally. but then I think like, I guess I, I've never voiced this. Like this isn't even something I've spent time thinking like, Oh, I guess I've thought about it, but I'm not in this kind of context, but yeah, having that like passion and a purpose behind what you're doing and why you're doing this and why you're like having a whole business doing it and wanting to help other people do whatever it is you're doing. Like that's, I mean, that's like the most important part of starting and running and having a successful business, you have to have that because if you're just trying to start a business just for the sake of starting a business, like it's going to be a lot more work, I think. And you're going to have trouble finding clients, but you're going to have trouble keeping clients. You're going to have trouble like even doing the work. I think if it's not all kind of being driven by basically, I think what you're, what you call like the purpose the purpose. I keep saying that as if I'm going to say something else after it, but <laughs> like, and I think that's so important. And you have to really be willing to also put your purpose out there. I think this is something that's definitely easier for entrepreneurs and small business owners because they have to build authenticity and community and they understand how important that is to their business. For slightly larger companies, I find that they really don't like speaking to their purpose. And there's that this is where we start getting into um, the communication issues that I I joke about like as a marketer who has written in very corporate language before, like that corporate jargon speak that you're like, Mm -hmm. I just listened to that ad on NPR and I have literally no idea what that company does. Like (laughs) it was so many jargony words. What the heck was it? And it's because they are trying to, it's almost like they're keyword stuffing Mm -hmm. and they're trying to appeal to the 100 companies that might buy their product instead of saying, we stand for this and we're for this person. And it doesn't mean that you're excluding other people because there's a way that you can finesse the language to make it clear that like you're not you know excluding everybody that like this is a use case for your product or your 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 course or whatever it is. Um, so you have to be willing to actually say, you know, I'm Courtney Fanning. I am a brand strategist and copywriter for purpose driven and creative entrepreneurs. And a lot of places won't even want to say purpose driven. They won't want to say creative because they're like, I just want to work for anyone who will hire me. Mm-hmm. And the thing with that is like, again, you're not going to differentiate yourself. And, and, and there's so much power behind purpose that it doesn't have to be very woo purpose driven. is not like, you're not the North face. You're not the Patagonias of the world. Like that's fabulous. But it just means that you're able to say, this is what I stand for. And this is what I believe. And it's really powerful because I actually have a stat that says, um, so there's a, there's a group, uh, they work on purpose driven campaigns as well. And they do a lot of really great consumer insight studies. And they did this huge study on millennials. And they're now uh, finishing up a study on Gen Z too, which is which is really exciting. But they basically found that when they surveyed these millennials, that 77% of consumers say that they have a stronger emotional bond to purpose-driven companies. Mm-hmm. And that 57% are willing to pay more for an equivalent product that has a purpose. So I thought that was really cool because it shows that, you know, people are driven by price a lot of times, even when I'm going and looking at like, oh, do I want to go like outsource this from this one vendor? Do I want to buy this, this like, you know, business tool or something? 
I will a lot of times go with a product that I feel is a little bit more me, even if it's slightly more expensive. And I think that people forget that about themselves. Everyone's like, no, people just want the lowest price. No, we want something that resonates with us. And purpose is one way to really create that emotional uh, bond with your clients and your customers. Yeah. And I think people also like the people who are going to like, if you're, if you're another business owner listening to this or like, if it's like you saying like, yeah, I want to include that wording of like purpose driven people who are going to be just price shopping and only want the lowest cost, you know, service, no matter what it is or who it's from, like, they're not going to be your best client anyways. Like you'd rather, you'd rather cut out some of them if cost is the only thing they care about. And the ones who care about working with you because you use that wording or because like, because purpose driven resonates with them, they're going to, yeah, they're going to pay, be worth, think it's worth paying more. And they're also just going to be a better client for you. Like, because they understand that they get that and they're willing to spend a little bit more. So you're probably going to end up making more money and like eventually reaching, getting more clients anyways, or longer term clients or clients who are going to then come back for like another, you know, product or another service or whatever, like, you know, package with you. So it's not really going to be alienating too many. I mean, it's not really going to, you know, it's not going to have a detrimental effect on how many clients you get or anything like that. I don't think too. Yeah. And then if you resonate with someone, chances are you resonate with their friends. And I don't know about you, but I'm definitely finding that entrepreneurs have lots of entrepreneurial friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so like, if you tap into that network and you deliver an exceptional customer experience and everything is very well branded, well communicated, well articulated, they're going to refer you to other people. So like that one right person could lead to five more clients. Whereas that one wrongish person that you took on, you hated doing the work, then they walked away and they didn't refer anyone. Like, was that really worth your time? And how much like energy did that suck from you? Yes, that's so true. If you find the right people, they're going to refer you to way more of the right people. And if you find the wrong person or even just like an okay person, it's probably going to end there. I totally, totally see that all the time. And I saw this thing, which is not totally related, but that made me think of was like, I don't know where it was LinkedIn or something. Maybe somebody was like, I had this like, you know, $100 client. I don't remember the amounts, $100 client for like, you know, a project five months later, I'm still waiting for the payment. And I've had to do like, you know, six emails back and forth trying to justify my work and the payment and everything it was like involved. And I had this $4,000 client, they paid in full on the first day, the, the, everything went without a hitch and they uh, stuck to the timeline, stuck to the, and that, that's just like, it's so true on how it is. Sometimes I know we're not, that's like kind of not the topic, but um, like once you find the right person, it's just smoother and it's worth it. They're going to spend the money. They're going to have just a better experience and it's going to be better for you too. When you go someone who's, someone's price shopping, they always end up being also just like, Uh, the hardest to work with or they expect the most too. So, Oh yeah. I definitely learned the most about who I wanted to serve and how I wanted to present myself and be perceived after I worked with a terrible client. And, And I'm very grateful for that experience because until then I was like, I feel like I'm doing everything okay, but my business isn't this. It's, it's slow. It's slow growing. Um, and this was about a year ago. And then I got this client and I was like, oh, this client's so cool. I really like their product and I'm really excited to work with them. There were some red flags that I totally ignored because (laughs) I was just enamored with this brand. And then I had just a horrible experience and I did have to chase them for payment. And I like ever since then, I was like, you know what? 
nope, I'm not going to work with this type of client. These red flags, I'm not going to ignore anymore. And I need to actually switch up. I had a service offering on my site because I was still kind of toying with what do I offer. Um, I'm taking this off because I didn't, it didn't feel right to begin with. And it led me to this one client and, mm-hmm. and I'm done with that. And that was great because it helped me kind of niche down a little bit and kind of own who I was and feel a little bit more comfortable with that, knowing that, no, the direction I thought I needed to go probably wasn't right. Yeah. And that's a good point too, is like you learn so much just kind of from doing too, and from seeing kind of what kind of people are attracted to the things you're doing and how it's, what it feels like to work with people. And you can always kind of shift things as you go too. And I mean, I'm sure people who work with you don't have this problem because you probably help them get to the best copywriting at the very first time. But for people who are doing it ourselves and like, you know, you might think that you've written something or, you know, put something out there that's perfect for your audience. And then if you, but then if you see that it is actually attracting like a certain type of person or client who you don't love working with, like it's fine to take it off altogether or shift it or figure out, like maybe there's something with that wording that really is attracting the wrong kind of person. And it's not like once you figure out your audience or your messaging, you have to stick with it like nonstop forever. If, if you think you did it right, Oh yeah. And this is where if you have that solid foundation, you're never going to create anything that's crazy enough that you have to completely pivot. Cause mm-hmm. if that's the case, you probably have some other work you want to do, like some other work that you really need to figure out about the type of business you want to build. So if you've got the foundational bit there, then that's fine. And then it's just tweaking your messaging or your audience. But I mean, the one good thing about working with someone else, and this is something that I find is very difficult for entrepreneurs, is that you just don't have somebody to like toss things around with, right? So you don't have people to be like, what do you think about this? They're like, I'm going to read something out loud. Does this sound right to you? So working with someone who has that third party perspective is so, so valuable. Um, And if you can find somebody, if it's like you're in a mastermind with someone or an online networking group that allows you to share Uh, something with the team or um, a Facebook group that says, Hey, I'm going to put this out here. I want to do a poll. Do you like X, Y, Z better? That stuff is so, so valuable. I like to call it the three hand touch is what, what I do with my copy is I make sure that at least three eyeballs have seen it. So it's Mm -hmm. mine, my clients, and then somebody else. A lot of times it's, uh, I work with some designers as well. So if they are free and they're able to look over something or if they're working on the project with me, they get to look at it too. That way I'm making sure that I, we're not just in a bubble because that happens. That's a lot of times why you're like, I wrote this thing and it's perfect. And then you walk away and you come back and you're like, oh, that's terrible. It's because you're in that bubble. (laughs) So if you can get other, you know, do the three hand touch, get three other people's hands on it. It'll really help you from putting something out there that you just have to change tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. I think that sometimes I'm like, sometimes I just feel like I have a different perspective than like everyone else. Like I'm like, is this great? Or is, am I the only one who's going to like this? Like, I I don't know if that's just me or if everybody feels that way, or sometimes I'll do something that I think is great. And I'm, or just, just like in general, like, I don't even have an example of this in mind, not necessarily for like work or clients or anything like that, but just like, I'm like, this must be the most amazing thing in the world. And then I'm like, just like, you know, who wants to do this with me? And everyone's like, that doesn't look good at all. Like, I'm not, I don't want to go do that. Or I don't want to <laughs> read that or like, whatever it is. I'm like, huh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I just am the only one who like thinks this way or feels this way. And so well, having the bravery though, to stake your claim and say, I like this. 
I want to say something this way. I want to communicate that like, that's fantastic. And that's what makes you a good entrepreneur. Because if you just stand, you know, a wallflower the whole time, and you're afraid to say what you do, or you stand for and like, I'm an introvert, like, I love talking about this stuff. So I can I can get excitable about it. But for the most part, I also I have a really hard time talking about what I do. And like, I don't want to offend people. But you have to get comfortable with saying, I want to try this. Does anyone else want to try this? Or I really have this opinion. Does anyone else have this opinion? Because that's how you're going to build connections. You're going to learn about people and what they want. Like it's a great way to get some sort of like insight on what people might be interested in or things that people are like, uh, no, I don't want that, Alessandra. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I think, yeah, I, I'm not shy to put stuff out there. I don't know why I just, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I just don't really care what people think or I never think that anyone's going to really think badly of me for like a long time about something silly. So I'm definitely not shy to put something out there, but I can definitely see the value in just getting more eyes, getting more opinions and seeing what people really care about. Like now I'm thinking, now I'm thinking of an example. I had these like, um, just these images that I was trying to decide between for something. And I do, you know, I have, we have this Facebook group based on this or that this podcast is based on, um, this in-person networking group. So I posted in there and it was like, which one do you guys like? And like, just nobody liked the one I liked (laughs) or like everybody voted for a different one. Not that they said they didn't like it, but I think that's what I'm thinking of just now. So I'm like, Hmm, I'm glad I asked because clearly, you know, people have different opinions. And if everybody's saying this one, then there's probably a reason for that, that it spoke to them, but yeah, it's good to just be able to bounce things off, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So what is, um, is there anything else that I'm not thinking to ask that people usually want to know or ask you about, or that you think is important for people to know or to keep in mind if they are kind of working on their messaging or building or like thinking about their audience, determining their audience in the next couple of days? Sure. So I think a lot of people tend to ask me, you know, do I need a brand strategist? Do I need a copywriter? And my answer is actually no. Um, I think that when you're just starting out, it's extremely helpful to just try and DIY a lot of this stuff yourself if you have the time and the ability to do it because it helps you understand the process a little bit when you're like, oh, wow, I have a lot to think about and there's a lot here and here's where I need more help. If you sometimes just come to me, this this hasn't happened yet, but this is my assumption is that if you know you just say, I'm going to outsource a copywriter. And you're like, okay, I just, so I need a website and um, you do it in four weeks. Great. Um, I'll check in with you in four weeks. You're not going to really get what you want because you don't understand the process and how involved you need to be. So I think it's really helpful for people to, you know, I love Pinterest for finding templates and resources that just kind of give you a little bit of that education you need to figure out like, what's the difference between brand messaging and your visual branding. So like the logo and, and stuff like that, and like the pa- color palettes and stuff. Why, why is that different? Like just getting that a little bit of education is really helpful. Cause then when you do go to somebody and you say, I really need help with my website, my copywriting, and I would like to do some brand strategy so I can make sure it's all consistent and cohesive, you know, the right questions to ask and you know where your strengths and your weaknesses are. Cause that really helps make a sort of a better creative team altogether. Cause this should be Anytime you're working with someone on your business, you need to, it needs to be a partnership that you shouldn't just hand something over to them um, Mm -hmm. and they deliver it in a couple of weeks. Like you need to be a big part of it. So I do find that with a lot of people, they're like just starting, do I need to hire, should I hire you? I'm like, 
no, really, you don't need to go get some DIY materials, try your hand at a couple things first, get a really basic website up and figure out what it is that you need help with. So that's, that's like the number one question. The second question I always get is, do you do legal copywriting? And my answer to that is no, that is completely separate. That is a totally different realm. I'm copywriting with a W, not an R. Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize at first that you like, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I get that. I get funny inquiries probably every month. <laughs> I'm like, did you even did yeah. you read my website? You clearly didn't actually read through it, which always makes me go like, oh my gosh, what am I doing that people aren't actually reading the content? <laughs> Well, but you know, at the same time, that you they're know. Googling and they can't spell or they don't, you know, they don't know the difference. And also they Googled and like, for some reason you came up, maybe, I don't know. That's really funny. Oh yeah. And you know, I do my, I do my backwards research, right? Like then track this person and figure out who they are, where they work, what they do. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, they come from all different, all different zones. Like they're all very intelligent people that I'm just like, oh wow, this is just a really simple thing that people don't realize. Yeah. Copy writing, you know, someone who writes compelling text in order to market sell, engage people is different from legal copywriting, which says you have the legal right to use this, uh, like this text. Yeah. Funny. Okay. So right before you said that, I was going to say, like, I know you said, you know, sometimes it's good to get started, do some DIY stuff, see what you can do yourself before you hire you. So I feel like I need to then ask, like, how can people hire you? (laughs) Like, is it always, what if someone's like, I don't really want a whole brand strategy, but Um, like I need some copywriting, like how are, what are the different like capacities that you can offer help? And do you have like smaller projects? If somebody's like, I just want like to sit down with you and talk through my messaging or talk to my strategy or like, what does that look like? What are your, what do those packages look like? Yeah. So I have what I call a brand discovery and that's over four days. So you've got your business. Um, you know, it could be in the very infant stages. Like you don't even have a website yet. But when it comes to actually figuring out the details, your audience, how you're promoting yourself, all of that stuff, we sit down, we work through your brand strategy deck. And this is a, an actual deliverable that you take with you that outlines everything from like your purpose, your pillars to your voice, your audience, your um, like your key messaging points. Um, and we do all of that over a four day period. So that's the brand discovery. Um, I also have a brand strategy and copywriting package where we'll not only dive into your strategy, but we'll also figure out how that strategy then gets translated into powerful website copy that converts, gets people to do what you want them to do. And so we work together on the strategy portion. I then handle all the heavy lifting of creating the copy for your website. And then I have also, I said, I work with a couple of different designers. And so there's also kind of an all-inclusive package for strategy, design, and copywriting. If you're looking to, to launch from scratch or you want to do a brand refresh, like I've got my crew on standby. We go through all of this together um, to kind of take you from none to done. And then I've also, for people who are like, well, I don't, I've, maybe you've already worked with a brand strategist or you feel like you've got a really good hold on, a handle on who your audience is, what you stand for and what your voice is, but you just need some help with like a landing page or you've got like a sales funnel that you're trying to write the, the email sequences for. I have a day rate. So you can hire me for the day. Um, it's kind of like you hand me your wish list. I figure out, okay, here's what I think I can get done by the end of the day. And wow. we just go down that list and we check things off. So I've got those, those yeah. packages. And everything is uh, laid out, of course, on my website, which is bigpicturebranding.com. Which I feel like um, we all have to go look at now to make sure to see what it's like, because it's probably like totally going to speak to us. And 
the best. Well, I hope so. If I've done my homework, um, but I also have a free brand personality workbook too. So that's just, you know, it's just one of my freebies. You can grab it that you can start working through that. And then I've got a shop with, like I mentioned my first digital product, which I'm very pleased with, which is your audience and messaging builder. Okay. Awesome. So the audience and messaging builder is something people can buy, but they can also go just download the free brand personality workbook. That's true. I'm going to include links to both of those and people can go check them out, get both of them, get whichever one they want. And yeah, that's awesome. Does that sound so, so useful and helpful? I always ask people, what is, um, what's one thing you wish you had known more about when you first began your business? Oh man, this is going to sound so incredibly basic. And I heard it so many times, but I didn't, it didn't really hit home until, you know, it basically hit my face and it's that you have to figure out how you are going to work in your business and on your business, because Mm. it's totally true. Like if I'm doing the work I love and I'm working with clients and I'm, I'm writing and I'm, I'm in the weeds and I have no time to do my bookkeeping, my own marketing. Um, but then if I'm in, you know, I get a little break between clients and I'm doing my marketing and my bookkeeping and like, I'm creating this really cool campaign. I'm like, Oh shoot. I like, what's my next month look like? Am I booked up? Like, do I still have a slot free? Oh my gosh, I haven't done enough sales. It's a really hard balance between working on your business and in your business, which is ironic because that is precisely what I offer to people is rather than them having to worry about their strategy or their copywriting, I'm the person you hired to help you with that. So you can get back to doing the work that you love to do. So I, sometimes I have to, to backtrack a little and say, okay, Courtney needs some balance here, figure out both ends, but that's, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. Yeah, no, totally. I think that's something you definitely, you hear it a lot, but it's hard to implement it even as much as you know that you should, even as, even after you've been doing it for years and like you even are kind of good at it. It's like, you, it, it can slip so quick if you're not paying attention or if you're not like fully scheduling, you know, scheduling it in right. Like one month when things get busy one way or the other, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there one other, any other kind of advice that you would share with other entrepreneurs along this journey with you? Feel free to go at your own pace. I say this as someone who, you know, I have, I have two girls, I have two kids, the pandemic hit, I had my own business and my spouse works. And I was just like, that's really cool that everyone is like ramping up their businesses and making sourdough bread and like learning a new yoga routine. I can't do that. I have so much going on. And so I really you know, I had to take a moment to say, you can grow at your own pace and that's okay. You know, eyes on your own paper, stop Mm -hmm. looking at what everyone else is doing and just think about what's the next thing I need to do to keep moving forward. Not what's the next five things, what's the next thing. And just, you know, keep, keep a good steady pace. Yeah. I love that. Such good advice for everyone. I think and I guess I, I should have asked this before. I, this is not one of the things I always ask at the end, but what if you just had one little tidbit to leave us when it comes to branding or messaging? Any Make other? Sure. Yeah. So when it comes to branding and messaging, I'd say my number one takeaway is make sure that everything you're putting out there is about your audience, not necessarily you. Yes. 
oh, so much of this is just so related to what we do too. That's what I tell people with PR too. <laughs> like, doesn't matter about you. What are they going to want about it? What are they going to feel about it and see about, think about it and use, use it for? Um, yeah, I love that. So good. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. This really inspired me to like, just check everything. <laughs> And, and but again, by the time this goes live, my new website and everything, like everything's going to be new. And I hope people don't go look at it now. And they're like, oh, she probably redid all this after talking to the, doing this episode, but it's probably going to be the case. Like, oh, I, I hope it, I hope so. I hope it yeah. helps you. I mean, this is, this is my jam and I'm, I'm always happy to like give, help people out. A lot of times too, if people just reach out and they're like, can I just get your eyes on this? Like, what would you do? I'm totally open to that. Like saying, here's where I would start. You know, obviously you don't have to work with me, but it's like, here's where I would start. Cause I think that with entrepreneurs, you just need someone sometimes to, to give you that little push and tell you which direction is the place to start. Totally. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I wish I had met you earlier. That's all I can say, but (laughs) yeah, hopefully everyone will, uh, Hopefully my website will speak to everybody now. So I'm going to definitely be inspired to check all the copywriting before I put that up. And I, I just thank you so much for coming on and talking about this stuff today and tell people actually where they can find you online. I know I said I will, I will include all the links we already talked about in the show notes, but how can they connect with you personally? So you can go to bigpicturebranding.com is my website. And I can be found on Instagram at Big Picture Branding, as well as Pinterest. I am Big Picture Branding. Awesome. Thank you so much. My pleasure. This was a blast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, so you won't miss the next episode. And leave a review on iTunes so other people will be able to find us easily. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on this show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes. If you have questions or ideas for a future episode or you want to submit a guest or to see those show notes, you can do all of that online at quotablemediaco.com slash podcast. One other thing. Join other listeners on Facebook and Instagram by searching female millennial entrepreneurs and joining us there. Talk to you soon and see you there.